Episode 66, The Death of Moses. All that the Lord has in mind for Moses to do had come to an end. Moses led the Israelites out of slavery from Egypt through the wilderness for 40 years and finally made it to the border of the Promised Land. However, Moses would only see the land from afar before his death. Welcome to the History of the Bible. In the last episode, we talked about the two and a half tribes wanting to settle down on the east side of the Jordan River, even though this was never originally part of the Promised Land. Despite some concerns over the matter by Moses, he and the two and a half tribes reached an agreement with them taking the land on the east side of the Jordan River. Now that the land had been divided up and the kingdoms had been conquered on the eastern side of the Jordan River, it was finally time for the reins to be passed over from Moses to Joshua. Moses was still not allowed to enter nor will he ever go across the Jordan River into the Promised Land. Why? Because he disobeyed the Lord by striking the rock instead of speaking to it. The Lord said that because he did not honor him and treat the Lord as holy, Moses disobeyed. And because of this disobedience, he would forfeit his ability to enter the Promised Land. If we were to read the book of Numbers and the format that it was written, we would see that the passing of the leadership from Moses to Joshua happened in chapter 27. But then in chapter 28, it acts like nothing ever happened. The reason for this is that it could have happened that Moses passed the commissioning to lead the Israelites on to Joshua, but before Moses was to die, there were a couple of things that needed to be done. Or it could have been that those later chapters were information that was filled in. Either way, before Moses was to hand off the full responsibility of leading by dying, there were a few last-minute things that needed to be done. One was a reminder to the Israelites to do the daily, weekly, monthly, and yearly offerings as well as a reminder to take the designated time during the years to celebrate the variety of feasts that were unto the Lord. Another thing that was needing to be done was to take vengeance on the Midianites for their women seducing the Israelite men into sexual cult practices that were used to worship the Canaanites' deities. After the attacks on the Midianites, Moses would set the standard for the Israelites on how the spoils of war were to be divided between the soldiers and those that stayed back. The Israelites needed to be numbered so that each tribe could be given the correct amount of land, and it would be divided between the tribe's families and clans. With that came the boundaries that the Lord would give Moses and the Israelites of the land of Canaan that were to be taken as possession. However, two and a half tribes wanted to settle on the land that was east of the Jordan River, rather than taking an inheritance on the west side like the rest of the tribes. 
This would bring about the agreement that the two and a half tribes would build and settle their families on the east side. After, the men would go with the rest of the tribes to the west side to fight for them to take possession of the land. Once it was settled in the agreement between Moses and the two and a half tribes of Israel, the inheritance would be given out. Well, sort of. All that Moses would do is instruct the people that they were to give cities to the Levites as an inheritance throughout all of Israel, east and west side of the Jordan River. Because of those cities that were given to the Levites, it would spread the priestly tribe throughout the nation of Israel. From the cities that were to be given to the Levites, six cities were to be given as refugee cities. These cities would be places that a person who accidentally killed a person could run to and have their side of the story be heard so that they would be protected from the avenger of blood, the closest male relative of the one who got murdered. The last thing that Moses would ultimately do is give the right to a man's daughter to inherit their father's land if he didn't have any sons, as long as the daughters married within the tribe. These were all the things that Moses did while the Israelites camped on the east side of the Jordan River in the plains of Moab. It was finally time to pass on the torch of leadership from Moses to Joshua. This is when Moses would take Joshua and have him stand before Eleazar the high priest and the entire assembly and have Moses pass on his authority to Joshua. This was to be done so that all of Israel would see that Joshua was to lead the nation instead of Moses. With Joshua before the whole assembly and Eleazar, Moses placed his hands on him and commissioned him to lead the tribes of Israel. However, it says in Numbers 27, verse 20, that Moses was only to give Joshua some of his authority, meaning that Moses would pass on the right to lead the people, but he would not pass on the authority of being in the same type of face-to-face -face relationship that was between Moses and the Lord. The responsibility to hear from the Lord was given to another man. That would be the high priest. Now that that was done, it was time for Moses to die. The Lord told Moses to go up a specific mountain in the Abiram Range, Mount Nebo. This mountain is on the east side of the Jordan Valley. From here, Moses would only be able to see the land that was promised to the Israelites. After the Lord showed Moses all the land that was to be given to the Israelites, it was officially time for him to die. When Moses went up to the mountaintop, he was by himself, as far as we can tell. Although, how would we have the words that were spoken to Moses when he was at the top of the mountain? It could have been that when Moses went to the top of Mount Nebo to die, Joshua and Eleazar could have been with him. Just like when Aaron died, Moses and Eleazar went up with Aaron. Eventually, Moses would go away with the Lord on Mount Nebo and die. 
no one would bury Moses, because as it says in Deuteronomy 34, verse 6, the Lord would bury Moses. The location of where he would be buried was never to be found out. Later in chapter 34, it says in verse 10 that there has never been another prophet in all of Israel that would be like Moses, a man that knew the Lord face to face. Even God burying Moses, that's unique in the Bible. Moses was probably the only one in history to have been personally buried by God. Some scholars believe that the Lord kept the location of Moses' grave a secret so that there wouldn't be anyone to try to make a shrine or a place of worship on his grave. What also adds another dynamic to the burial of Moses is that in the New Testament, in the book of Jude, in chapter 1, verse 9, it says that the archangel, Michael, was contending with the devil, disputing about the body of Moses. The first thought is that Satan was there at the death of Moses, being the accuser that he is. Before God, Satan is accusing Moses because of the sin that he committed, trying to prevent Moses from being taken up to heaven with the Lord. Others have thought that the mentioning of the fight over Moses' body is referencing another event in the Old Testament that happened hundreds of years after. In Zechariah 3, verses 1 and 2, it says, Then he showed me Joshua, high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord has chosen Jerusalem. Rebuke you. This vision from Zechariah shows how Satan can be the accuser of a person. This might be what happened to Moses. The other thought is that, as mentioned earlier, Satan wanted to take the body of Moses and use it as a shrine or a place of worship so that the Israelites would turn their backs on the Lord and pursue the man instead of the Lord. Because Satan wanted to use the body of Moses as a shrine, the Lord stepped in, sending Michael, the archangel, to stop Satan. This is why it is thought that the Lord buried Moses, and no one knows the location of it, not even Satan. There is another thought that scholars have come up with. With this one, though, one would need to know the events that are to happen in the future. In the New Testament, Jesus goes up to the top of a hill with a couple of his disciples. At the top of this hill, two men appear besides Jesus. One is Elijah, and the other is Moses. This event in Jesus' time would be called the Mount of Transfiguration. Elijah, who we'll learn about later, was one of the two men that didn't die. God just brought Elijah directly to heaven. Many assume that the body Elijah was taken up to heaven in was the same body that he had when he appeared beside Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration. This assumption would then be made about the body that Moses had when he too appeared next to Jesus. 
However, how could that be? Some scholars believe that God buried Moses' body in secret. One, hide it from the Israelites wanting to worship it. But two, so that God could raise it back to life when Jesus went up to the mountain with his disciples. This is where scholars believe that the battle for Moses' body happened when God was raising it back to life so that he could be on the Mount Transfiguration with Jesus. Either way, when the book of Jude mentions Michael and Satan contending for the body of Moses, it's believed that he is referencing an extra-biblical book thought to be called The Assumption of Moses. Today, this book is lost to us, but in early church history, it was present. When Jude quotes the book, it's almost as if he's using it as a source in his letter, assuming it to be true. The archangel Michael and the devil did contend for the body of Moses. Unfortunately, we don't know exactly why. We only can speculate on why Satan and the archangel Michael fought over the body of Moses. Could have been that Satan was only there to accuse Moses, and Michael simply rebuked him, just like what happened in Zechariah. It could have been to stop Satan from wanting to make a shrine and have the people worship the man. Or it could have been that the body of Moses was needed for a later time in history. We do know this, though. Satan did not get the body and the end. When Moses died, he would be 120 years old. Although, despite his age, Moses' eyesight never got worse and his body never lost its strength. This meant that the body of Moses was healthy and in good shape. The life of Moses is broken into three different sections, each being 40 years in length. For the first 40 years of his life, he was raised and living within the elite class of Egyptian society. In the second 40-year period, he is living in the land of Midian, just outside of Egypt. This is where he would get married and have kids. The last 40 years of his life were all about leading the Israelites to the promised land. If it wasn't for his sin of disobeying God, Moses more than likely would have lived to see the conquering of the promised land. With the death of Moses comes the ending of the book of Numbers, although it isn't the end of the journey for the Israelites. In reality, it's only the beginning. With the reins of leadership passed on from Moses to Joshua, it was time to begin a new time in Israel's history. No longer were they to be the tribes of Israel, but they were to become the nation of Israel. All of the tribes of Israel sat on the east side of the Jordan River, waiting for the time to come for them to cross over and begin taking possession of the land that was promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. So much has happened with the Israelites in the book of Numbers, from spies being sent out into the promised land, to them disobeying, and then being made to walk into the wilderness until that whole generation died. The loss of all three leaders, 
Miriam, Aaron, and Moses. Battle with the Canaanites, Amorites, and the Midianites. A man tried to curse them, but failed. The Israelites complained most of the way on the journey. Rebels were swallowed up by the earth, and they haven't even gotten into the land that was promised to them yet. However, this does conclude the book of Numbers. As mentioned, this is only the beginning of the story of the Israelites. As we continue forward in the Bible, the next book that we will be going through is the book of Deuteronomy. However, most of the book is a repeat of what happened in the book of Numbers. We take the next couple of episodes to do a review of the journey that the Israelites have taken thus far. Only it is to be done through the book of Deuteronomy. So join us next time in episode 67, the book of Deuteronomy, as we'll begin the book of Deuteronomy. Until next time, remember that you are loved, special, and worthwhile. Thanks for listening to the History of the Bible. Let's get the word out by liking, rating, and following the show. This episode was produced by Nikeo Productions. To check out other shows, search for Nikeo Productions wherever you listen to podcasts.